Hello, and welcome to the Clinical Care Options Infectious Disease Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Anderson. In this episode, we focus on the newly approved linacapavir in treatment experienced people with HIV. How should it be started? What are the practical considerations? To answer these questions, I'm joined by Dr. Darcy Wooten from the University of California, San Diego. For more information about Dr. Wooten and this program, and to follow along with the slides, please visit the links in the show notes for this episode. Now, let's get started and hear what Dr. Wooten has to say about lenacapavir for treatment experienced people with HIV. There's a brief segment on lenacapavir, uh, which was recently approved um, for heavily treatment experienced people. And so this is very exciting that we now have this Q6 month injection. Um, which was just approved in December 2022. So at the time of this recording, we don't have a lot of real-world experience with this. And some of the challenges with lenacapavir are very similar to those challenges that we see with other injectables like cabrilpivirine. There's the Capella study, which looked at the efficacy of lenacapavir in really heavily treated um, treatment experience patients who had multi-class resistance. All of the groups ended up on sub-Q lenacapavir plus an optimized background regimen. And the week 52 outcomes data show that even in these patients with a lot of resistance, rates of virologic suppression were really, really quite high. Even when patients had zero or only one fully active agent in their optimized background regimen, there were still fairly high rates of virologic suppression. So it, this is a really great option for patients with difficult-to-treat HIV. It is important to note that um, there were some virologic failures with subsequent um, lenacapavir resistance that emerged. This is not particularly surprising. Um, five of the patients who developed resistance was really attributed to poor adherence to the oral background regimen and or these patients had really no active agents in their optimized background regimen. Four of the patients, though, did go on to later suppress. So, you know, this isn't going to be perfect for everybody, but it does open up a lot of treatment options for people who have extensively resistant HIV. There's two different options that the package insert and, and guidelines can recommend. The first option is a little bit more straightforward, and this is where um, patients receive on day one both oral lenacapavir as well as injection. And then on day two, um, another dose of oral lenacapavir, and then you go to the Q6 month dosing, also obviously um, simultaneously on their optimized background regimen. Option two is a little bit more complicated. And so on day one and day two, you receive um, oral lenacapavir at 600 milligram dosing day eight, patients would receive a 300 milligram dose, day 15 injections, and then you go to the Q6 month um, dosing schedule. So um, each clinic will have to sort of um, sort out how they want to operationalize this and roll this out. And as we get more experience with this in in real world, um, we'll have more information about barriers and facilitators to each of these options. Um, But option one, at least from my perspective, um, seems a little bit more straightforward um, and less intensive in terms of outreach and monitoring with patients as they're getting um, initiated on this therapy. Some practical considerations for lenacapavir. Um, the only thing I'll highlight is just that it's given subcutaneously um, in the abdomen, rotating sites, and injection sites are common. The big thing um, to kind of talk to and discuss with patients about are the development of nodules. 
the Calibrate study, which is looking at lenacapavir in treatment-naive people, and this is an investigational um, use, so it currently isn't approved for patients, um, treatment-naive patients, but looked at a combination of lenacapavir with FTC-TAF and then transitioning to either just TAF or Bictegravir at week 28 um, in groups one and group two, respectively, if patients were virologically suppressed, comparing to the oral regimen of Bictegravir FTC-TAF rates of virologic um, suppression were um, comparable across all of these groups. There were two cases of um, lenacapavir emergence resistance, and these both happened um, in the context of poor adherence um, to the entire regimen in, in these two particular patients, but this can, of, of course, occur. In terms of injection site reactions, um, I would just highlight as Injection site reactions occur relatively frequently, 10 to 30 percent, um, but tend to be mild and don't lead to discontinuation of the agent. But the thing to point out is uh, the development of nodules at the injection site and that these can persist for a while. Um, and so just something to have a conversation with patients about upfront so they're aware and on board um, through shared decision making if, if they're OK with that. Thank you very much to Dr. Wooten and thank you to our listeners for joining in. As a reminder, to view the full Contemporary HIV Treatment and Prevention 2023 program on the Clinical Care Options website, and to access the slide set for implementing long-acting ART in clinical practice, click on the links in the show notes for this episode. And please be sure to check back regularly for more episodes on important infectious disease topics. Thank you. Thank you.